Welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. I am your host, Tatiana Kuto, and I am a master mindset coach, and I'm obsessed with empowering you to live and create your best life possible. If you're looking to uplevel your mindset, life, happiness, and success, then you are in the right place. My goal with this podcast is to help you see the potential within yourself, to be able to break the limiting beliefs and habits that are holding you back, and to help you feel inspired to get clear with who you are in order to create the life you desire. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into today's episode. Do you want to make 2022 your best year yet? Are you interested in learning how to get clear and aligned with your goals and learn how to manifest them into your reality easily? If so, I invite you to join my free five-day workshop, Radiate Into the New Year, where I will teach you my signature method on how to release the stuff that is holding you back in the past and how to create goals effectively so that you can reach them and manifest them into your life by becoming an energetic match to them. The workshop starts January 9th and it sounds like your vibe and you're ready to take 2022 into your control and make it your best year yet. Join us. It's going to be so epic and I'm so excited to help you reach all of your heart's desires. You can sign up now by using the link in my bio and I hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to the Radiant Life Podcast. Oh my goodness, you guys. I just hopped off of an epic interview. It was more of just like a sit down chit chat because I could have talked for hours with her with Carly and Dell. Carly is a health and fitness enthusiast, a podcast host, a lifestyle blogger, a mom. She's got a crazy life, but she chooses crazy over easy so she can live and embrace her best life. And I feel like you guys are going to love this episode and really relate to her journey on how to handle the struggles of life, handling when things don't go according to plan. If you are a type A person like us, you're, you're going to love it and definitely relate to her story, how she went from dropping out of grad school, traveling the world for three years, handling miscarriage and all of the craziness that life brings our way. And she shares her story. She shares how she overcame it, how we handle our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, and really has such a powerful and beautiful message that I am so excited for you all to hear today. So without further ado, you're going to love it. I already know it. She's amazing. So let's just get into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Radiant Life Podcast. I am so excited, you guys. I have Carly and Dell here with me for an interview. She's going to share us your mess, her message, her story. Carly is a health and fitness enthusiast, podcast host, a mom, balances it all and she chooses crazy over easy to embrace her best life. So welcome Carly. Thank you. And honestly, thank you so much for having me here. I know we were just talking about it before we pressed record, but for any of you guys listening, this girl is so (laughs) persistent and amazing. I have been full on hot mess to get onto this interview, but I'm so excited. I feel like it's long overdue and it will be wonderful to just kind of chat about everything. Yeah, me too. So I, I've been following Carly for a while now. I don't know if you go with the term influencer or just, I don't know. Everybody has like different feelings on that. I totally, I know. I actually, I don't think I refer to myself as an influencer. I feel like sometimes I, I'm not a blogger either, but I think I prefer when I tell myself, I'm like, what am I? Like, I don't really know what I am, but if I, I definitely would say I'm an influencer, but I don't know if I personally like choose choose to say that okay cool yeah I think I thought I met you through first form I think that I don't know 
it was a while, honestly, like if I look back on DMs, it was a while ago because she, you, you're the one that introduced me to the book, Women Code, who helped me get my period back. And I was like, oh my goodness. So that's how our um, conversation started. And then I met you briefly at that fitness cruise three years ago, which was, I don't know how that's three years ago. (laughs) It was literally two weeks before I got married. It was like such a whirlwind of a time and so fun though. Yeah. And now here we are. So I do have a question. You, you brand yourself, your slogan is crazy over easy. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit like what inspired that slogan? How did you come up with that? So it's interesting because I definitely know crazy can be a trigger word for a lot of people. And I actually Mm -hmm. just, I wrote a book, it's being published. And that was something that I wanted to make sure my podcast audience and my community knows what it means. But I think crazy can definitely be a trigger word, Mm -hmm. but when my husband and I got married, the song that I walked down the aisle to was the Hunter Hayes, I Don't Want Easy, I Want Crazy. Yes. It was to, it was uh, by an artist, Alex G. So it was a remake. And it was kind of the storyline of mine and Casey's everything. I'm a fairy tale girl. I kind of like when things unfold a certain way, yet nothing in my life has ever unfolded the way that I intended it to, or the way that I was like, oh, wait, Disney wrote it this way, or Nicholas Sparks wrote it this way. Like, why isn't this happening? So, um, with my relationship, I had to really dive into, wow, it's not that fairy tale story, or it's not that Nicholas Sparks story, but it's our fairy tale. And that song just really resonated with me. And so we were best friends before we started dating. And I think once we dove into our relationship, we really had to kind of take some time to dive into our previous relationships, whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, dating or friends or family or whatnot. And relationships are not easy and life is not easy, but I think a lot of us are looking for that. I don't want to say easier route, but the the path of a little bit, uh, a little bit less resistance would be nice. And so for us, it's just, I don't want easy. I want crazy. And so we actually have the, um, like wood signs above our bed that say, I don't want easy. I want crazy. And so when it came to my podcast, I was like, wait, we're choosing crazy over easy. So it's a choice. We are allowing ourselves to to choose that, um, as opposed to just accepting it, right? There's one thing to be like, okay, my life's going to be hard and a struggle. I like to say, appreciate the hot mess, appreciate, mm-hmm. appreciate the struggle. If we can learn to appreciate that, that mess in those moments of how the heck did I get here? <laughs> I think it allows us to look at maybe something that's triggering and just let it know that it's kind of the path you're, you're meant to be on and you can embrace it. Don't, don't worry so much about it feeling hectic and chaotic, which is interesting. Yeah. I was telling you how I literally had like an anxiety attack yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> once you choose that crazy route, it doesn't mean things get easier. It's just, you kind of start to embrace it. Yeah. You embrace it a little bit more. So that's stuff. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Cause it's like the power of choice and also choosing how you view the word crazy. Like you said, like you can view it as a trigger word, but then you can also realize like, it's like that spontaneous, like going with the flow, which I'm with you. I kind of like plan it out. Like, this is how I, <laughs> was a big lesson learned this year was like just to surrender to God's plan and it's not going to be a fairy tale I feel that's my personal experience this year where it's not going to be a fairy tale ending and choosing to work with someone even during the crazy hectic time it's hard it is it's so hard and I think it's also important to um one thing I've really worked on this year is when those unexpected moments come when those moments that typically would be my tipping point or that break breaking point I've kind of learned to, I don't want to say laugh at it, but I've almost been like, oh, I should really start to just expect the unexpected because that's just totally my life. But I think that's also being type A, right? So I'm Mm -hmm. a very 
type A person, yet you can clearly see into my office. I'm the type A unorganized person, if that makes sense. So it's yep. like, it's organized in my head, but anybody else who comes into it is like, I'm sorry, what? Like, <laughs> you got toys over here and you have a pack and play behind you. And you know what? And so like in my world, it's the hot mess, but I really learned to lean into hey, this is how I can hope for the day to go, or this is how I can hope for this season of my life to go, but it's not going to go that way. So when something's like, hey, you're going to go left instead of right, you're like, I should have thought, I should have already known, right? Like I should have known that's where we were headed. So um, in every area of our life, right? It just, I don't think anything goes as planned. No, ever, ever, ever. (laughs) It's almost like I tread water when it, when it is going as planned. Cause I'm like, I'm sorry. Are we good? Yeah. I get nervous. I'm like, something's supposed to happen. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I love that. So sorry. I'm going to circle back just because I want you to share a little bit more. I love that. Cause I'm going to go deeper into unexpectedness. Cause I know you have a journey with career and relationships. Um, but if you can just start with just telling us a little bit about yourself, like who you are, where you're from, what you do now, and then a little bit of your journey there. So then we can touch on how everything hasn't gone as planned. Absolutely. So I first love that you didn't ask. So what do you do? That's actually like, I actually have a full chapter in my book about that because the question of, so what do you do has always been for me triggering. So crazy Mm. might be triggering to some people. That question is triggering for me because my whole life I searched for titles. That's kind Mm. of my, we take it back. I'm from a small town, Lake Stevens, about an hour North of Seattle small town girl, you know, uh, one high school, you have the same friends forever. My first, we traveled a lot growing up, but we still always came back to little small town. And, uh, my first, I think the first moment of like, oh my gosh, nobody knows me was when I was going through recruitment, sorority recruitment in college, you shake somebody's hand and you're like, oh, hi, I'm Carly. And you're like, oh, wow. There's nothing behind that. Like that, that means nothing outside of just being me. And my whole life, I think being type A, I loved that things were measured, whether it was grades in school, whether it was your sports team, like you had built in titles. So it was, oh, I'm in band or, oh, I'm on the soccer team or, oh, I play tennis or whoever you are as an individual. So I grew up, played all the sports, did everything, um, never was the best at anything. So I kind of liked that I did it all so that I always had that little bit of an excuse of like, oh, I'm, I'm good at this, but I'm not great. But that's because I've, I've chosen to keep my hand and my feet in all the buckets. And I think that was partly because of my struggles throughout life with perfectionism, which Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize until an adult. So that kind of leads me to, I went off to college, um, graduated with my undergrad in early childhood and family studies, still felt like I wasn't ready really to uh, dive into the world yet. I felt like I still needed a title. I needed to have a story to share because, oh, I'm in college. Like that's enough to say and enough to fill the void of, hey, so what do you do? So I actually went to get my master's um, in school counseling. And after about a year of that program, I had um, my internship, like my, I did my practicum and then I had an internship Uh, and then you get placed. And I was 23 years old and I loved working with high schoolers, but I felt like I was really just pulling from my textbooks at that point in time, Mm. not so much life experience because I kind of always lived life according to the book. Um, I'm a people pleaser. I... uh, definitely feel as though I'm supposed to exceed any expectations other people have for me. Um, and I place those expectations on myself. Nobody has stated them to me. Nobody has made them literally anything in my life. It's just, I have somehow read into everything of like, Oh, you expect all of this from me. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had that quarter life crisis 
and I dropped out of grad school, which mind you, I always knew my passion and purpose was to help others. I just didn't really know where that fell. And the title of school counselor is 100% fulfilling of that purpose. Right. And at that time, I didn't really understand that passion and purpose don't always need to be your career. They always, they don't always need to be your path. It can be something that you do outside, whether it's volunteering, things like that. So anyways, I ended up dropping out of grad school, started working and traveling for the international resort company called Club Med. And um, I, so I met my husband and my parents actually met also working for Club Med. So it's like, I think I've heard so cool. Yes. I was like, oh, this is the fairy tale, right? Like it's going to be the exact same story. It was not, it was, I love my (laughs) husband, but it was like six years of us dating till like that step was taken of an engagement. Um, But I think a big thing also to like kind of go back to, we were talking about the woman code. I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I was in college. And so I think mentally this was like, oh shoot, I have something going against my time clock as a woman when it comes to fertility, when it comes to life, it was debilitating. I had surgery every two years. So I put myself on the fast track of, oh, girls got to finish college. I have to get my master's. I have to get that job. I need to get married. And I'd been dating the same guy for 10 years. So I just put that Nicholas Sparks story into my life. um, And I forced it so hard, like things that didn't feel natural or feel good. But I was like, oh, but this is, this is the storyline. Like, this is how it goes. Um, And it wasn't until I allowed that train to completely derail I mean, dropping out of grad school, I am the most school oriented. I need a schedule. I need a plan. And there's nothing more than that than school. Yeah. There I was dropped out of grad school, literally went to work for an international resort company. Again, small town, small town girl (laughs) had dated the same guy for 10 years since middle school. And I up and left. So this was wild, but it was exactly what I needed. Anybody listening, you don't have to drop out of your school or anything and (laughs) travel and go nuts, but I needed to, I needed to do something that was so not me. But then again, it put me right back into that situation where I'm able to shake somebody's hand and say, Hey, I'm Carly. And I got to recreate who I wanted to be outside of expectations that I was placing upon myself. So that was not the last moment of me derailing my life, but, uh, yeah, traveled for three years, um, came back to the States and moved back to where we're at now, actually. And I dove into just an office job, actually office job. And then started doing a little, I was on my own fitness journey at the time, started sharing it on social media, then eventually became a personal trainer, totally left my office job, went down that route. Um, and I love it. I still have a piece of that, but I definitely have since then learned that health and fitness are two separate things. And Mm. now I'm focusing more on health in terms of hormones, in terms of my emotional stability, my mental stability, um, and finding value in myself as whether it's an influencer, whether it's what I do, um, or being a personal trainer. And I still have that background, but it's, it's all through like groups. Now it's not so much focused, um, on sitting there and getting back to client check-ins and all of that. I've leaned more into I think I learned from working with women, especially a lot of us who want to change physically first have to recognize that we have a lot of mental work we need to do. And we are hoping that the physical changes then spill over. And that's when our mental state gets better. But unfortunately, I think a lot of us who maybe can know that from our own journey, it really starts with the mental work. Um, And so that's kind of where I'm at now. So I 
have my podcast. I uh, just wrote a book. It's going to be published next year. Oh um, and so uh, yeah, starting a new company that I actually haven't announced yet. So it's been, I'm also a new mama. Uh, well, gosh, she's almost 16 months old now. Um, and that, and that in itself has really helped me dive into my mental journey because we had a late miscarriage before we had our son. And that was something again, stemming from endometriosis, already wondering if fertility was going to happen. Um, or, you know, being blessed with a, a kiddo having a late miscarriage. It was literally the week before Thanksgiving and we were 11 and a half weeks pregnant. So the next week was like, Oh, perfect. Like, how are we going to tell the grandparents that we're pregnant? And then unfortunately telling them that we were no longer, uh, but now being blessed with like the most incredible yeah. little, you know, bundle of joy. Here's that story. I, I remember, I remember, I just got goosebumps when you were saying that, cause I remember reading that post of yours and I just felt so heartbroken for you, but watching your journey of how you healed and now obviously having your rainbow baby. I mean, it, it gives me hope. I'm like, okay. I mean, like they say, like, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. There's always a rainbow at the end. And it's, it's so true. hundred percent. Yeah. It's even, you know, I know the miscarriage statement, you know, it's like, um, after every storm, there's a rainbow of hope. Uh, but I think one thing that I learned a lot about were my emotions and my feelings. And I mm. think when any of us are in the thick of something, we cannot see the other side. So one thing that I really had to get better at is stating, and I'm, I've been working on it lately, like more, I am affirmations, but I kept saying, I am sad. I am sad. I am mm. mad. I am angry instead of I feel sad. I feel yes. angry. I feel mad. I feel pissed off. Those were things that I kept stating it as if that was me as a, as a being, like as an actual, I am. And I got so deep into that, like so deep into thinking that I would, that was the only thing I was. Cause I couldn't figure it out being type a, I was like, I need the why. And yeah. it crushed me to sit and hear people say, you know, oh, well, God has a plan and everything happens for a reason. And hundred percent. Like I fully believe in that, but when you're in the thick of a struggle, yeah. that's the last thing you want to hear miscarriage or not, right. Losing a job, a relationship ending, um, having that difficult decision of, am I going to make this financial investment of whatever it might be when you're in the thick of it? My husband always says, Oh, it'll all work out. And I have a love hate relationship with that statement. Cause I'm like, it's so true, but it's also consuming. And in that moment, you can't see how it's going to work out. Yeah. And so it just feels heavy and uncertain. And also for anybody listening, if you can hear like heavy breathing or any, it's my dogs, <laughs> they're in the room with me. Like Chevy's has a bone. Malibu's like passed out. So I'm sorry. I never know what a mic's going to pick up. And I'm like, I don't hear it. So I think we're good. But that's so funny. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely agree with the, I am statements. I think a lot of people I did too, growing up, like we identify with that. Like I am an overeater or my mom would tell me I was big bone. So I'm like, I am just big bone. And we just em embody it, embrace yep. it. But it's like, no, that's not who you are. Like even you saying like, you know, I'm Tatiana. Like I am not Tatiana. My name is Tatiana, but that's not who I am to my core. Exactly. So I love that you, you did that and shifting that because it's when you're going through the thick of it. I mean, you feel all these emotions, you you're like confirming it and it, you know, a thought creates a feeling. And when you're in a feeling, you create more thoughts to validate that feeling. Absolutely. Yep. And, just, and then I also, on the flip side, I had moments where I was like, I like started feeling happy again. And I almost felt guilty. Cause I was like, am I supposed to still be grieving? Like, am I, is it okay to be happy? And so I had to start telling myself like, I am happy, but I have moments where I feel sad and it's 
it seems so silly, but the power of words is so wild. And it's something that has taken me so long to get to, but it's also something that I might have to sit in, in a quiet room for five minutes to even be able to like, get to that point of what the heck am I feeling today? Like what emotion is this? And last night I was telling you, you know, I had, uh, Sunday scaries now are not Sunday scaries. They're like (laughs) leading into the week of, okay, what are my boundaries going to be? When am I going to be a mom? When am I going to work? When am I going to be a wife? When am I going to just be an individual and get things done in my house that needs to need to be done? And so on Sundays, it's more of this, it's not a feeling of being overwhelmed with my work. It's showing up as my best version of me in each of those titles. And I don't want to take off a hat and put on another. Like, I don't want to take off my mom hat in order to be a business owner. I want to be able to wear them both, but I can't show up as both in one specific moment. Um, So I start to get that, like, am I going to be able to show up for Caden? Am I going to be able to put my phone down? What can I do this week in order to allow myself to show up in each of those areas of life? But sometimes if I'm unable to process how I'm feeling, you get that like heart racing and you're like, oh shoot, am I going to fall asleep? Oh wait, where's my head at? What's going on? And it's taking those moments to really like, where is my head at? How am I feeling? Am I creating these anxieties? Am I making myself feel overwhelmed? Is there really something here that's triggering or is it just unfortunately that postpartum anxiety that has kind of become the current season of my life and is just working with it and learning to adapt. And, you know, it's one thing I feel like if you're anybody who maybe you do struggle with anxiety or just feeling overwhelmed, right? I think life can get heavy. And I think a lot of us are learning to adjust back to having schedules again and being able to go out of the house and being able to do things. And it feels good, but you're also like, oh, weird. I haven't really had a need to go anywhere in a year and a half, two years. And so now it's getting back into those routines. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of us are striving for is that balance or that feeling of peace. And I think it's mm-hmm. so important to recognize that in every season, that's going to look and feel so different. So it's not a destination, right? It's not this final achievement. It's learning to adapt with it every day. And I think that was where it was hard as I was like, oh, you mean I'm never going to just reach this perfect balance, right? The seesaw is never going to sit exactly where I want it. But that kind of goes back to, expecting the unexpected. And it's like in that season of life, you can reach that peace, but just Mm -hmm. know that it's going to shift. It's going to have moments where it's not exactly where it was a week ago or exactly where it was a year ago. And I think being a new mom, I really had to embrace that. And now we're talking about baby number two. So it's kind of sitting in the moment right now and being like, okay, what does peace feel like right now? And what do I want to hold on to in this current season and Mm -hmm. hopefully bring into the next, but knowing that that next season is going to bring further change. Yeah. No, I love that. I, I just, I'm just gonna make sense. I saw your reel the other day of you guys talking about baby number two and I died. It was so funny. I literally, I was like, okay. I, and I'm really trying to figure out these like reels and TikToks and like going with the times. And yeah. I was like, okay. And Casey's not on social media. So he's like, I don't really know what any of this is. So I told him, I was like, Hey, after bath time, I just need you to stand right here. Like he had no idea what I was going to do. Okay. And so like the song came on and I was like, I've got one shot. Like I've got one shot to admit, like not only like not mess up this dance, but to like really get it through. And he had no idea what I was you know, going to write on the top of the screen or whatever. Yeah. And his reaction, I was like, Oh my God, it was so funny. <laughs> I was like, that just was so it was saying, and Caden's face. Kaden's I was going to say, Caden at the same time just starts laughing after I was like, this is so cute. I know I was dying, but yeah, it's, you know, it, and that, I think that goes back to 
embracing the unexpected and, and trying to have a kiddo, whether it's your first or your fifth, it is intimidating in itself. It's scary. It's, um, there's so many things that have to go right. And uh, since I've always had infertility on my mind and Mm -hmm. then miscarriage, it's like, you can, it can become a scary time as opposed to, Hey, this is fun. Like this is something we're doing as a married couple and something that we're choosing to, you know, grow our family, but it can take, you know, a year or somebody was like, Oh, well, have you guys ever talked about like when you want, like when you want that next baby to be born? And I was like, you can, like, you can talk about it, but also with us having a late miscarriage and then unexpectedly getting pregnant with Caden, we are like, you really can't plan. You just kind of got to hope that go with the flow. Yeah. Go with the flow. And I guess maybe don't try and conceive if you don't want to have a kid in whatever month you would end up having yeah. a kid. In. But like, we just are like, you, you can't, it's, yeah. Whenever we're blessed with that. Like God take the wheel. Yes. And like we definitely in the last 16 months have wanted to work on our marriage and make sure that our marriage is ready for that another kid. Cause my gosh, it has been a transition to figure out how to be husband and wife during all of it. Yeah, so. I, can't, I can't imagine. So when you, when you're going through all of these like transitions, I mean, whether that is you dropping out of grad school or having, you know, becoming a mom or your marriage, like what, do you have any go-to things that you'd like to do to kind of connect back with yourself to touch base with like how you're feeling or what thoughts have been going on? Yeah, for sure. So I would definitely say prior to having Caden, I got really good at waking up and journaling and I was intimidated by journaling. I think that I thought there had to be a prompt. I think that there had to be, I felt like there had to be this like significant thing that you did when you opened up this journal, right? Yeah. Because it is, it's like you read these self-help books and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, their morning routine. Okay, meditate for five minutes, do my journal. Okay, I need to do six minutes of hit. Okay, now I need to take an ice bath and you just get overwhelmed because you're like, okay, so I need to match what they're doing. Yeah. And I tried that for so long and I was like, this doesn't work for me, but it's because I wasn't connected to it. It wasn't- It was like a checklist, right? Exactly. It was like, okay, did I take the ice shower? Did I do this? Did I do that? And if I didn't all of a sudden feel prepared for the day, I was like, oh, then this morning routine isn't working, but anything that's new feels odd. Right. So for me, it really came down to, I kid you not, like I have multiple journals just like sitting here. Like they were just like the target journals and I would just open it up and literally write as if I was just talking to me, no prompt, just, Hey, woke up in a weird mood today, or, oh, I'm struggling. Like my anxiety took over or, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here on the couch and Malibu's on my lap and Caden's playing. And I would just kind of write what was going on. And then it would start to funnel into emotions or how I wanted to attack the day. And sometimes if I woke up and I ever, I just didn't have like any thoughts, like it was just kind of like, there's really no direction with today. Nothing has to get done. I feel like sometimes those are the days that I actually do get overwhelmed and anxious because there's really no structure to it. Yeah. So that's when for me, my saving grace has been journaling And it's so weird. It's like by the end of the journal, and again, this is like two minutes or five minutes. Sometimes it's two sentences. Sometimes it's two pages, but it just kind of became this mental spill out of where my head was at that day and where my emotions are at for that specific day, or not even knowing like, oh my gosh, I'm frustrated with Casey. And I didn't even recognize it. Like I'm mad that he left before doing this, or I'm mad that we haven't talked about this or I'm sad that I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. So to get it out and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not anxious about work. Maybe I'm anxious because I want to play with Caden or, you know, and so it was figuring those things out. So 
I will say prior to Caden, that was a very regular thing. Now I'm trying to dive back into it. I'll have my, my mornings where I can kind of do it, but you also can't really know when a little one's going to wake up. So it's kind of had to be now finding time throughout the day that mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. Or now, like I was telling you earlier, I'll have an intention where it's like, okay, before 9 a.m., this is what I want to have done. I would like to have read my devotionals. I would like to have maybe read a book that I'm reading that I ha- I've been steering away a little bit from self- self-help books um, from like mental perspectives, kind of. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'm trying to get more, like right now I'm reading Atomic Habits because it's like, okay. Oh, that's that, a good one. Oh my gosh, it's a wonderful book. And I feel yeah. like it's not so much about, I feel like sometimes the mental self-help books, I'm like, okay, they got from point A to point B. Now they're reflecting from point B what the heck does the in-between look like? Like that's where I'm at, you know? And so when they have it all figured out, it kind of overwhelms me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the dogs are now fighting. It definitely is something where I feel like taking some time to journal um, and talk out loud. Like as weird as that is, I think my podcast has been a huge therapy for me because it's a form of my journal and it's just kind of talking out loud. So I think is just in a season of, if you're wanting to grow or if you're feeling stuck, you can have moments where you sit in silence and you think about things, but Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between putting pen to paper. I really agree. It's you're just getting everything off your chest, off your head, like onto paper, like onto something. And then it's just kind of like, it's like word vomit, but out there. So then you can like look at it from a different perspective and be like, Oh, this is actually how I'm feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And that was one thing when I went to therapy, um, years ago, I was in a really like really just not a good place. And it was right before we got married. And so I was like, I need to figure this out. Like I'm going into a really big change. And I felt like therapy had such a taboo around it. I thought it meant something was wrong with me. I thought it meant that I couldn't handle my emotions, but Mm. truth is I didn't even know what an emotion was. The therapist kept telling me that I kept using the word frustrated. And she was like, that's not an emotion. She was like, are you mad? Are you sad? Are you angry? And that was hard to hear. Cause I was like, what do you mean? I'm an emotional person. Like I'm an, I'm an, I'm a very empathetic person. I will say it's a gift and a curse. Cause I take on the energy of other people, Yeah. but I do love that. I can feel the energy of people. And I hope to be that when people are around me, you know, I want them to feel my energy, but sometimes I didn't even know what the heck I was feeling. And so going to therapy and really helping me understand what an emotion was and what a feeling was, and then allowing myself to feel that. So yeah. that for me was just huge like I just felt kind of always had to be good you know like when somebody says hey how are you and you say I'm good yes I'm like no actually how are you like tell me not a good how are you like no how are you doing yes and if you are good if you're great awesome let's dive into that like oh my gosh tell me why what's going on like how's business how's the family you know but I feel like when we pick up a phone now it's hey what are you up to Mm -hmm. it's not even a how are you anymore it's hey what are you up to or hey where are you or hey how long till you're here it's not very often because life is so fast paced now. It's not, I mean, we don't even sit and stop to read a caption anymore. Like, I know it's scary. Like, yeah. If the reel is longer than seven seconds, we don't watch it. And it's like, it's terrifying to us. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because like, that's our line of work. I was telling the, Mm -hmm. the woman who watches Caden one day a week, she's just the sweetest human. And I was telling her this morning how it's interesting because my job and my career and everything is on this platform that is essentially created to make you addicted. Right. And so I, I wake up and I'm already anxious about what needs to take place yet. I need, I rely on this addiction. Like I 
my family relies on this addiction. And yeah. it's like, how can I be a human of a creator and a consumer, but then create this space for my community that maybe doesn't feel overwhelmed or maybe doesn't feel alone. And that's the goal of, of my book. And I feel like my podcast and all. I was going to say, I feel like the pot, your podcast also, even like when I podcast too, I feel like I'm able to not be a part of like the monster of social media, to be honest. For sure. And I think sometimes it's like, I want to create answers for people, but I also want them to know that we don't have them. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody does. And you can try and monetize off thinking, you know, the answers, but it's like, Hey, I don't want you to feel alone. Cause I don't want to feel alone in my struggles and my uncertainties. And if I can just create that community of like, we all struggle. And like I said, at the beginning, if we can embrace it and appreciate it and recognize that it's for that season yeah. and you can still like right now I'm really learning to find the moments of joy, whereas happiness is fleeting, right? It's, you can Mm. feel happy, but it's not a moment that you can bottle up and joy is a moment you can bottle up. So for me, it's trying to find those moments of being in that moment and creating that boundary that's needed and allowing myself to sit in those thoughts and emotions. And it's so weird because that's so not where I've been. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I'm a little bit woo-woo. And somebody, I said that and they're like, I can't remember who it was. And they're like, woo-woo, what they say? Like, they said, woo-woo means true-true. And I was like, I never heard of that, but. It's so true. Yeah, I I agree. When I tell people to like do meditation or breath work or journal, like, you know, people look at me crazy. They're like, listen, like we are human beings and we're so disconnected from our emotions and our thoughts and we're numbing ourselves and distracting ourselves through social media. This isn't woo-woo. This is kind of coming back to like human beings. Yep. And gen- like we're spiritual beings in a human body. Like exactly. Yeah. And it's hard because it is. It's something that it's foreign and it's hard, right? So yeah. a workout is hard, but you can put in that effort and that time and you can really see the physical changes. And with mental work, it's not something you see necessarily. Like it's um I mean, I think over time you will, like all of a sudden you can wake up in four or five months and be like, wow, I'm at an amazing place compared to where I was five months ago, but it's not this visual change that it's a friend that that looks at you and recognizes like, Hey, you seem great lately. And Mm -hmm. it takes something like that. Um, And when we do have moments of anxiety or anything like that, we, 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 it's hard. Cause you can, if you open up it about, open up about it on social media, you can make yourself, you can victimize yourself. Right. And you're like, yeah. that's not the goal of it. I don't want to victimize my struggles. I I'm just a human being who is going through this and it's not to get a, what was me or to get a response from anybody. Mm-hmm. It's, and I think that's where it's hard. You want to share it, but, and maybe it's similar to you. That's why with me and my podcast, I love that I get to explain further. It's more yeah. than 15 seconds. It's more than somebody's three second attention span to read a caption and it's like make an assumption off of you you get to just like show like not explain yourself but just go into more detail of like actually yeah. your intention around sharing it a hundred percent and I feel like that's one thing I do love is anything that we're talking about even when I'm talking about being a mom if you take the message away you can apply it to your business life you can apply it to your relationship you can yeah. apply it to your fitness health or your fitness journey it really it's the message behind things. And it's just recognizing the season you are in. It's like when you hear quotes, right? You hear certain quotes that at one point in your life, it was the one thing that got you downstairs to the gym because it it just pushed you. But then maybe four years later, you hear that same quote. And now it's the thing that pushes you to sit down to read for 10 minutes. It's Mm. just 
they, they hit you differently at different seasons of life. And I think that's so many of us, like I was saying, we're striving to feel these feelings of balance and these feelings of stability and certainty. And while of course we want that, it's just also recognizing that that might feel different tomorrow. And that's, what's hard is it's this continued journey. And so, you know, having those moments, like you said, what is it that can help you get back to that, that ground zero. And for me, sometimes it's sitting down and journaling. And lately, honestly, it's putting my phone in a drawer and watching Caden play because he's, he's my, my current, you know, he's my world. And I think if a lot of us actually closed everything, like if you literally for two minutes today, look at the, look at, if you're in your living room, look around you. I'm sure so many of us would all of a sudden just take a deep breath and find peace. Maybe it's your dog sitting on your lap. Maybe it's the Christmas tree lit up and you're just like, oh my gosh, I actually love my life. But we let all the exterior noise make us feel like we need more or need to be doing more or should be showing up in more ways. Or maybe we take on that new business venture and we forget to just kind of take a second to be like, oh, weird. Like I really love where I'm at. And that for me is like that feeling of success. I want to feel that more. Yeah. Cause I feel, I read this quote the other day that really resonated kind of what you're saying. It's like the moment you're in is what you used to pray for, but we're constantly seeking for the next thing. And it really hit me. And I was like, Oh wow. Yeah, you're right. Like I need to just be in this moment. Cause like, if not, we're just constant, we're never going to feel satisfied or happy. One, one like literally you nailed it. 1 million percent. Like that is so, so true. And I feel like if anybody actually took the time to if you've ever written down manifestations, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a mom, I am this, I am, you know, I, I have a podcast. And if you wrote it as if it already happened and now you look and you're like, Oh wow, I'm living a life that does include all of that. But we don't recognize it as mm-hmm. that when we're in that moment. And now it's probably something that overwhelms us. And we're like, I used to pray about this. Or I used to wish on a star <laughs> for this, you know? And you're like, now I'm overwhelmed. It's like in my relationship, like I, prayed. And I mean, every star, every 11, 11, you know, and you're like, yes. I want love and happiness, you know? And then you're like, you have it. And you're like, he left the damn dishes in the sink, you know? And then you're like, okay, <laughs> where are the actual problems here? Like, you know, the love yeah. is there. The relationship is there. Of course we can always work on things, but I do have to sit back sometimes. And that's what I mean. Like sit in your living room and be like, wow, I, I used to dream about the Ottoman coffee table, you know, or, or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, are there buttons missing from the dogs? Yes. But like you used to picture these things. And a lot of us have these things that we, we wished and prayed and hoped for, and mm-hmm. we don't take the time to recognize it. And I, I did a podcast on it a while ago, like, you know, appreciating your accomplishments and a lot of us, it becomes a checkoff. So maybe you got that promotion and now you've just checked it off and now you're working on the next promotion. Well, did you actually take time to acknowledge and be damn proud of that accomplishment? Like, yes, not many of us recording a first podcast. How long did you wait before you recorded a first podcast? And then when you were done, you started already thinking for episode two, as opposed Mm -hmm. to, oh my gosh, I just launched my first episode. And really being in that moment of, yeah. I just did that, but society doesn't allow that. And mm-hmm. so we have to learn to create it. And I think that's hard because I don't it's know. It's learning to slow down. Yeah. I, I just released the podcast episode on that. It's like, what do you do when life is going bad? Cause like, we can easily be like, okay, like 
things are going good and I'll celebrate that win, but then we'll move on. But then like, what about when life isn't going that good? If we can't even celebrate it when things are going good, like how cruel are we to ourselves when things aren't being accomplished or achieved? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Really yeah. learning. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. yeah. To slow down and be present. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like our generation is like the generation that has to like really speak up and touch on this because the generations below us don't know what that is. No, I not at all. That was, it was really interesting. I found, or I don't know where I was reading it, but basically Caden's generation. So he was born in 2020. They will never know a life without a screen. So quite literally. Right. And so for me, that was wild to think like, it's not even an option. Like there, no matter what there is a screen and whether parents who don't offer screen time, totally fine, but like they still grab a phone to call somebody or they get a business call or whatever. And so the only thing our kiddos are seeing is this fast, you know, whatnot. And I think that's also why yesterday or last night I had my anxiety attack. Cause I was like, gosh, we just had such a wonderful in-person weekend. And I think Mm. it was that feeling of like, I don't want this to end. Like Mm. I wasn't on my stories. I wasn't on my phone. I didn't even know where my phone was half the time. And I don't allow myself to do that very often. So last night it was more of like this oh my gosh, I have to go back to reality tomorrow where it's a little bit too fast for my likings right now. Yeah. And like having to probably be on, be, be on honestly, really like when it comes to content or communicating with your community or stories, I, yeah, I totally resonate with that. Um, Have you ever tried breath work? So I, yes and no, I'm not going to lie. It's hard for me. And I think the, I think what I'm leaning into now is understanding that my mind will never shut off and that shouldn't be the goal. So a lot of times when I sit down to do these meditations, I'm like, yeah, right. Like my head is everywhere. Like I literally don't know how you want me to sit here and meditate. Yeah. But I have found out that if I do it first thing in the morning and it has to be like, for me, I know some people can just put on good music and they can sit there and meditate. For me, it has Mm -hmm. to still be like, I literally started this maybe like a couple weeks ago and I'll watch a five minute video or listen to a five minute video on YouTube and I love it because it starts off with breath work, which I used to do all the time yeah. in yoga prior to the pandemic. Cause that was how we started things. But if it's first thing in the morning, I'm still kind of tired. And so I found that it's hard for me right now. Cause I'm not used to it yet in the middle of the day to try and bring my mind back down because mm-hmm. I need, I'm like at a high frequency. It's like, Nope, this is my creative time. I can't shut down yet. I need to allow my things to keep firing. Yeah. And so I will do, it starts off with breath work, then gratitude, then um, I am affirmations, and then it ends with a little more breath work. And so for me, I've loved that because it's kind of a mix of all of it where people are like, hey, okay, take a minute, write down gratitude. Okay, hey, take a minute to close your eyes and think about X, Y, and Z. Okay, quickly say I am affirmations. So for me, it was a little bit too much of like, okay, over here, over here, over here. And this has just allowed me to sit there and one thing I learned even actually postpartum a lot with breath work was like repairing the pelvic floor. And Mm. so recognizing that a lot of us who are breathing, we aren't taking those full deep breaths. And I've had to do that with pelvic floor stuff. So now it's kind of like, okay, if I'm taking a deep breath and I'm focusing on the pelvic floor, how about I don't focus on my pelvic floor for right now. And I focus on my mind. So take it away from the physical thing and like really allow it to you know, go out and like part of the breath work, it's kind of weird. I'm sure if you, you do breath work, how it says, like, imagine the 
positive energy coming through your oh, head, yeah. going through your body and the negative energy leaving from your hand, your, you know, your feet. And at first I was like, gosh, how do I visualize this? And then for me, it's just kind of thinking of like a bright light in a way and like pushing the dust out, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, fill her up and push her out. And I'm not kidding you. It's been I'm like, I will tell myself, I'm like, you are in a different world. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like literally, who are you? But then I recognize I'm like, I'm so consumed by negative energy that I put in my life. Cause again, when I ground myself, there's nothing negative about my surroundings. Like love, love my life. Do the dogs drive me crazy? And like, yes, but it's kind of how I choose to, I can choose to be like, oh my gosh, this is driving me absolutely ridiculous right now, or I can be like, they're dogs and they want to play. And yes, it's frustrating me and it's annoying me, but I need to take the five minutes to be with them so that they are not crazy for the rest of the day. So I agree. No, I totally agree with you. I got into breath work this year and that's why I was sharing it with you. Cause I, I feel like we're really similar in the just routines and structure and everything. And sometimes I love meditating, but you know, your mind wanders and meditating isn't about going blank. It's just about being intentional about what you're thinking about or what you're focusing on. And I find doing breath work before it helps me calm down. I mean, it calms down your nervous system. And so that's why why I I love the light one. Yeah. I think that's a great thing that you just said though. It's, it's not about having your mind go blank. And I think that's what I thought. I think that meditation, I think that I thought meditation meant, oh, you got to shut it all down. You have to be completely present. You can't think of anything else. And so then the second I start thinking about something else, and then I then get anxious because I'm like, shoot, I'm not doing it right. And then I get frustrated, but I do love the ones that they'll say in yoga sometimes like, Hey, if your mind wanders, that's fine. Like bring yourself back. And so I think that's a huge point to say is it's not about going blank. And if you can go blank, share us here, share how, (laughs) share how, just tell us. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the biggest thing, even just like the whole like conversation we're having is just not even to just judge yourself for anything that comes up an emotion, a thought, if you're trying to meditate or do yoga. And it's just kind of, I mean, it's the being part that I think a lot of us are struggling to come back to. It's like, we just need to be more. Yeah. I think sometimes, and maybe it's similar to you, um, judgment's always going to be there in my opinion. And I always say judgment is our own insecurities. So for me, my judgment first started from a physical perspective. So when I was on my fitness journey, if I overate or if I didn't push in the workout, I judged myself. It, it was this feeling of guilt and it was this feeling of, I can't believe I did that. And I would get so hard on myself. So now, not that everything's perfect in my like fitness side of things, but I'm really just focusing more on the mental side of my journey lately. Mm-hmm. And now that guilt and that judgment is elsewhere. And it's so interesting because no matter what we, we find these things to judge ourselves on and to kind of have that negative self-talk. And, you know, I think for the longest time, especially with like the body positivity movement, and there was a lot of mental focus there, which was wonderful, but I really struggled because I was like, okay, with the body positivity, it was, okay, I need to love everything about myself. And I don't. And for me, it's become more of the mindfulness around it of like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to love everything, but I need to have appreciation. So I don't need to love my body, but I have, I need to learn to appreciate it. And I really was able to go through that in my pregnancy and my postpartum that literally was for me, probably the biggest blessing for my physical side of things. Mm -hmm. And now mentally, I need to be able to say, Hey, I'm not exactly where I want to be but I appreciate that I'm working on it or I appreciate that I'm being a little more conscientious of it because for me, it makes me a better person. Cause when I don't know how the heck I'm feeling, 
I'm not the best person to be around. Like I feel bad. It's like now I can vote, like I can vocalize and verbalize it to my husband, but I'm like, Casey, I am off. And like, now I can at least put a, like, ah, you know, I can, we can talk about it. I can open up to him because I'm allowing myself to go there. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us feel an emotion or feel a feeling and we suppress it. We don't allow ourselves to feel it. We just say, no, I'm not supposed to have thoughts of anxiety or I think people also think that you have to be diagnosed as having anxiety or diagnosed as having Mm -hmm. depression in order to feel the emotions that some people experience with that. And I've never been diagnosed with either, but sometimes when you have those feelings of like, wow, I'm feeling kind of numb or I'm feeling lower than I would like to be. I, I need to acknowledge it because suppressing it just creates a bigger problem down the road, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I'm depressed. And if you are, and you need to medicate or do whatever, that's totally fine. But for the longest time I was like, oh no, I'm a, I'm a positive person. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I just suppressed and pushed that feeling out and literally never allowed myself to feel it. And I can tell you, it led to probably some of the worst fights I've ever had with Casey. It's led to me not being able to show up in any aspect of my life because I can't, I can't, I don't know if it's a word disingenuous. Like I can't, I Mm. am always very genuine in the emotion that I'm feeling. Yeah. But if I'm suppressing an emotion, I'm very blah. I'm like, I can't be fake happy. And so I think it's a blessing. It's great. But at the same time, if I continue to suppress this emotion, my, my happy and my joy is so, it's so not real. (laughs) It's like, oh girl, you are ignoring a part of you that wants to be heard. Yes. Yeah. I always say to my girls, especially like, oh, I have a big community that has dealt with fertility or miscarriage and all that. And I always tell them, I'm like, you are entitled to your emotions, whether it is happy, joy, anger, mad, whatever. And I think sometimes, you know, when you're having the best day ever and somebody in your life isn't, and they come in, you almost feel guilty for Mm -hmm. being happy. And I think that telling yourself you're entitled to those emotions, you're entitled to freaking scream from the top of your lungs because you're having a great day, but you're also entitled to have the worst day and know like, Hey, I need to be in this emotion. And so a lot of my girls who are struggling with miscarriage or infertility, they feel guilty for having emotions that others in their life are maybe not experiencing Mm. and they don't know how to allow themselves to feel it. And I think also with miscarriage, it's weird. It's an interesting thing because you, you also are questioning your own body. And so not only do you have all these emotions, but now you're, you're judging your body. You're judging, did you do something wrong? And so there's Mm -hmm. all these mixed emotions that you've maybe never felt before. And again, you're trying to suppress them or you hold onto them so much and you don't let go of that guilt. And so then you actually never deal with the mental, emotional thing that you're going through. So whatever journey you're on relationships, business, fitness, you're entitled to those emotions. And I think it's really important to take a moment and attach a feeling to an emotion. Like, what are you feeling right now? What you put a word to it? Can you say I'm happy? Can you Mm -hmm. say I'm mad? Can you say I'm angry? And I think that's hard. I, I sit to say to everyone in my clinical time, I'm like the only way to release and heal is to feel. Okay. And if we're numbing or distracting ourselves from our phones, like suppression, like it comes up times 10 after oh, yeah. that. Oh, and yeah. so I think one of the best journal prompts that like got me into journaling was just on the header, just saying today I feel and oh, I just what comes up angry, happy, annoyed, like just come up and then you just go deeper into it. Oh, for and- sure mixing in what you said about when you do the meditations and breath work, like that's what I do is like, I imagine 
the emotion, like breathing it out and getting yeah. out, or if I'm in the shower, washing it out. And it really helps me be in the emotion to feel it and then kind of release it. I love that. I love that. That's really, I would never, yeah, I feel like that's, cause I feel like that's what I, I, and I probably do it the reverse. Like I'll talk. And then all of a sudden at the end, there's an emotion and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's how I'm feeling. But I'm sure if I, yeah, if you just start with, I am feeling like that's such a, what are you feeling? And then it takes you a little bit of time to think about it. And I'll have those moments with Casey and I'm like, all right, it's coming. I'm having a breakdown at some point this week. And he's like, (laughs) what? I'm like, yep. Just be prepared. Like at some point this week, I will be having a breakdown. You may or may not be home, but be prepared. And the energy is like brewing up, right? Yes. And sometimes you just need that good cry or, you know, whatever it is, but I can tell sometimes when I don't have a grasp on any of it, whether it's, um, uh, you know, a balance of business and life and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just knowing that I, I need to have that breakdown is so important sometimes. I, I feel that I had that last week. I'm like, it just happens and you need to do it. And I mean, emotions are just energy in motion. Yeah. I um, love that. And oh then, God, I love that. yeah, I, I, lo- I love telling myself that I'm like, it's, it's just energy in motion. And then I realized a lot, like when you do journal or mainly cause like the work I do with like my own coaches and my clients, like a lot of these emotions yes, they're being triggered by this certain moment, but like what there's a part of you that's having a need that's not met. And that could even stem from childhood. Oh, for sure. And then it's a, it's just a crazy game. So I just think it's, I want to just share like, you you know, going in depth and like, okay, like what does this remind me of? Or when, if I don't know how to explain it, like this person triggered me in some type of way, like, am I actually this angry over this situation or what have I suppressed from my past? That's like trying to come up to be released. Absolutely. Or when you are suppressing your emotions so much, and then that one thing happens during your week and it tips you over and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh. And it's like the smallest thing, right? Like your mom calling or is like, she's, you know, Hey, I have to quickly run over and do this. And I'm like, no, you don't. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was my tipping point. Like, okay, take a step back, Harley. What else is going on? That was not your tipping <laughs> yeah. point. You would gladly welcome your mother to come over. Like, I, but I'm like, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. Take a step back. There's something else going on, but yeah, I feel like it's, it's rec- if we, if we don't recognize those things and I did it a lot in my marriage. Like I, I just feel like with Casey and I, especially I, I mean, I love the kid and he was my best friend for so long before we started dating, but I feel like I really wanted to look like I had it all together. And I wanted mm. to feel like I was, I don't want to say wife material because you don't have to be married, but I just felt like I needed to go from that best friend relationship to, oh, I always need to be desirable, whether that's physically, whether that's mentally, whether that's from a home perspective. And I'm a little bit of a hot mess. Like I've, we call it my hot corners. So I have like stuff throughout the house. And for the longest time, I just held this intense um, expectation and he never mm-hmm. had that for me. And I always tell people in relationships, like, who would you show up as on a first date? I think it's important to go back. Ooh, I love that. So what version of yourself do you show up as? Granted, there's growth, there's comfort. So I get that. But when you are stuck in your relationship, I'm pretty sure you show up as the best version of yourself. But if you take the time to think about it, who are you? And don't think about like the conversation you're going to have. Who do you walk in the room as? Mm. How do you view yourself? And like really start to dive deep into that part of you. And I'm sure you imagine yourself head held high shoulders are back 
Where's your smile? What, um, what energy are you feeling within yourself when you walk in that door or when they pick you up at the front door, maybe it's nerves, but also it's positive normally. And so I feel like in my marriage, I almost felt like it needed to be perfect from like an exterior perspective, whether it was me physically, whether it was the home, whether it was all of that, when I totally forgot to be the person that he fell in love with. And that is something that I think a lot of us overlook sometimes is like you said, being a human being, like he, you know, fell in love with me. And I think sometimes we put these pressures on ourselves to make sure everything else is all copacetic and looking pretty and sparkly, but it's like social media. You can scroll and see this picture of a beautiful couple, but mm-hmm. you have no idea what's actually going on. And same with our life. You can be walk into your beautiful home, all clean bed made, you know, everything can look beautiful on the outside, but have I had a conversation with Casey? Have I checked in with him? Do I know how he's doing? What's his life like? Like he works six days a week, you know? And it's, so I think for me taking that time to not put those expectations on myself mm-hmm. and having to be perfect all the time in my marriage, but then going back to, yeah, who would I show up as on my first date and taking the time to really dive into what type of a person you are or who you want to be. Cause maybe you don't show up as your real self on the first date, but you show up as the version of the person you hope you can be. Yeah. I love that because I feel like in relationships, we, we can kind of change or shift and be like, well, you're with me now. So yep. here's all my shit instead of being like, no, taking responsibility. Yep. I, so in our uh, wedding video, I even said how, um, you know, when you're best friends or when you're just a friend, like you don't, you don't mind showing your struggles. You don't mm-hmm. mind showing them all of you, but when you're dating, all of a sudden those things get bottled up and all of a sudden you no longer share them. And I think that Casey got to see all of that of me because we were best friends. And then I forgot about that part of us. Mm -hmm. I forgot about, again, I don't need to victimize myself. I don't need to make him feel bad for me all the time or whatever, but I used to open up to him about my struggles. I used to open up to him about my emotions because I wasn't trying to be a prospect for him. And I feel like if anything, he probably saw more of me and more of who I am like our best friends love us right like your best girlfriends you got to coffee or wine or whatever they love all of it but it's also because you let them see it and Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we just we think that by only showing the quote-unquote good that you know it makes us more desirable but I think it if anything like it dehumanizes us like it doesn't make us a real yeah it shows like the good and the bad I mean they want to I mean you want someone that's going to love all of you right for sure. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast last week and it was, um, I'm sure you follow Whitney Simmons and she had opened yeah. up about her mental health. And the first thing they did within the first three minutes, they were like, Hey, we want to humanize you. Like you have people, you're on such a pedestal to so many people. Yeah. We want to humanize you. And she like, kind of, t- she was like taken back. She was like, Oh my gosh, no, I'm just me, you know? And they're like, yeah, but this, like hearing your story and hearing not that like you want to glorify somebody's struggles, but sometimes knowing you're not alone in struggling, it's less lonely. Like it makes yeah. you feel more like a human because bottom line, everybody struggles. And again, it doesn't have to be a woe is me, but okay, good. I'm not alone. Like that's ultimately, I think a lot of us are just, we just want connection. We don't want to feel alone. Yeah, I agree. And I think the last year or two, a lot of us are lacking that connection. Right. And I mean, you guys <laughs> we're meant to be like, interacting with each other and so I feel like it's even to the point now that like some people don't even 
realize how much other people are struggling and they really do feel alone. Yeah. It's like, no. And like, when you know, you're not alone, that's why I love having like a community friends. It, I don't know, it just makes life better. Yeah, absolutely. That's even something like an intention of mine lately is one day midweek. And, and I have the flexibility with my work schedule, but I am trying to meet up with a friend or do a play date with Caden, but partly so that I can talk with somebody working from home. Yeah. I record my podcast or you know, this is even more than what I normally do with a conversation. Yeah. And it's just something that we all, I mean, literally we all crave human interaction and working from home is a blessing, but it's also a curse. Like I literally do not have human <laughs> connection with anybody and love my husband, but he comes home and I'm like, letting it my 50,000 words out because I have not <laughs> spoken yet today. And he's like, he's such a like, one word response person. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna drive you nuts. And you're driving me nuts. Cause I need an actual full on conversation. So I'm the same way. Would you say that's, I don't want to say like the worst part or just the least favorable part of your job is that lack of, or what is, um, lack job, of, but like the things you do, cause I know you, you know, you juggle so many things. Yeah. I think lack of connection is a big thing. Um, I think social media can be really frustrating because you can only show glimpses, which again, you can choose to show more, but I am just frustrated. I think in general, I think there's so many incredible people out there and so many messages that need to be pushed. And unfortunately I don't think social media allows that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the, um, aesthetics get pushed more, I think. And I think it's been Mm -hmm. better. I think that thankfully social media has become a space where you can open up about struggles and you can talk about it, but unfortunately it likes to keep you to your very certain community and does not want to allow you to grow. Um, and that is frustrating. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of behind the scenes that can seem glamorous, but, um, it's a very lonely, uh, job sometimes Mm -hmm. to feel like I want to help so much and I want to put my message out there and I want to be able to help support my family, obviously from a monetary perspective, but I'm also, I always say that I'm slow to grow. Like that's kind of always been my thing. So um, it might not be Instagram that you connect with me. It might be coming over my podcast, or it might be taking the time to listen to 10 episodes on my podcast. And then there's the connection. And I feel like in life that's normal, but in social media world, that's not normal. So if you yeah. don't get that instant viral oh, video or person's aesthetic, or I want this, if there's not that instant thing, there's no longer like an acceptance of slow to grow. And mm. I feel like that's hard. So I would definitely say like lack of connection, whether it is from a, uh, you know, somebody within my community or just in my own everyday life, because yeah, I'm a very, I feed off of other people. And so sometimes when I'm just in the energy of myself, it's like, okay, I need something to stimulate me or I need something to have more positive energy flow through me and not just from breath work or mindset work. It's like, I need to feel it and see it. And I think, unfortunately the media doesn't show that the news doesn't show that. Like there's not Mm -hmm. a lot of, there's so much positivity. There's not a lot that gets shown. And I think that sometimes is hard because I do think that we, we live in a scary time, but I think we also have so much beauty that can be shown. Um, it's not. Yeah. And like so many places of like, okay, maybe this is a negative place right now, but there's room for growth or I don't know. So trying to see the positives while also obviously understanding the negatives and the things that need to be worked on. But Mm -hmm. me being a mom, I have chosen to take a lot of those things that I think can be changed. And I tried to implement that into our home because it it has to start in the home. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would definitely say the, the lack of connection I think is, it's lonely. 
It it's is. So and I feel like we're very extroverted and oh. like I thrive around other people and like, oh, this it's hard sometimes. Yeah. Yep. So what's your, what would you say is like your favorite thing out of every little thing that you, you do? Cause I know you have like, you have your community, you do balance, you do first form everything. What would you say is your favorite that just makes you feel like the most you? probably my podcast. And it's so crazy because I don't push it very much. Like I, I literally, like I, I just don't. And I think it's also because I just love the community that I have that chooses to listen. And I forget that I'm like, okay, even by me sharing it, yes, it helps me in some way, but it also maybe helps somebody else who's never listened to my podcast. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the message they need to hear that day. But I would definitely say I have no filter on my podcast. I open up about every emotion I'm feeling, everything I want to break down about, Um, or the positives of things, but for one, there's no aesthetic to it. Um, and I'm not monetizing it in any way. Like I would love maybe one day too, but Mm -hmm. there's no, and I don't want, like, I I don't want to say there's pressures to monetize other things, but sometimes you're like, in the end of the day, like there, it's your job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, what's also hard, you know, social media, you're like, I'm trying to be as genuine and honest about X, Y, and Z. And just understanding that side of things, but I would definitely say my podcast is probably, I mean, it was like my journal fueled my podcast, my podcast fueled my book. And I just feel like it's been this tumbleweed effect that has really, really allowed me to even get to know myself more. It's like something pops up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that. That's a topic in my book. Like clearly it's something I've dove into heavily throughout however many episodes and all of that. So I I love Instagram. Um, I prefer stories, but yeah. It's like, I don't know if you've noticed and totally off topic, but even if let's say somebody's like, Hey, where'd you get that, um, shirt for Caden or where's your mm-hmm. card from? It's like the second I put a link in my story, I get like a fourth to a fifth of the views because Instagram suppresses it. And I'm just like, I'm not even making money off of that. Like I'm literally yeah. sharing something that somebody asked about, or I'm working with a few small, um, uh, little boutiques. And again, I make nothing off of it. Like they are offering a discount code to my followers. Like it's literally me just, they'll be like, Hey, here's some new are there any you're interested in? And I'll share it on my story. And I'm not kidding you. Like when I say a fifth, like tens of thousands of views less. And I'm like, just because I shared a link, like I get it. It's crazy. I'm not paying for promoting anything. And I know you want me to, but this isn't a promotion. This is literally me linking a jacket that I don't I mean, get that's how, for. Yeah. I mean, it's how Instagram started is just like showing our lives. And I feel yeah. like so many people I mean, we're, yeah, we're just getting, I don't want to not censored, but yeah, like they're just like, no, mm-hmm. we want to monetize on it and you can't be your true self because then now what you don't post the link. Exactly. Like now my next story is a powerful message. And then not many views. It's I mean, I don't know if those are listening, like realize like what's going on. Cause I don't like, if you don't, you know, post the way we do, like you don't see it, but. And the the app requires you now, if you aren't on it for X amount of hours, then like you, you personally scrolling or being active on the app, it suppresses your stuff. And so it's just like, it is literally a platform that is trying to create addiction and it's so hard because I'm also like asking people to be like, Hey, come to my page. So anybody who yeah. is listening is like, we appreciate you supporting us on those platforms. It's just hard because I also never want to, ha- I never want to create a, um, a mental struggle for somebody else. Yeah. And I hope that my page helps with showing life and whatnot, and also maybe motivating and encouraging somebody in some way, but then it's hard when that gets suppressed. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's frustrating. I think your page does. I love coming to your page. It's always 
Thank just, you. It's like sunshines and happiness. And I mean, if I'll put all your links and um, the show notes below so people can find you, but you. It, you, you're doing a great job. I love it. So I appreciate that. It makes me happy. Um, well, I, I love, I literally could go on for hours talking to you. I know. Well, we can always, now that I'm like a little bit more functional, we can attempt to get some more episodes up moving yes. forward. So um, just like a few last questions. What, what are you most excited about for 2022? Um, my book, I'm really proud of myself. It's something, some, I did not get a book deal. This is 1000% something I'm paying for. I hired a publisher um, and just paying out of pocket for the first round of, of books, but it, it was just a goal. It was something that I had worked on a long time. And it was like last year I was in a really the deep, like the thick of newborn phase, really struggling, couldn't really pinpoint who I was as a person. And I was like, this is, this is my goal. I'm very goal oriented, but I need mm-hmm. something that I'm working on and health and fitness wasn't really there at the time. Um, so this was kind of my saving grace for my first year of having a kiddo of just yeah. It's when you have that moment, this is what you're going to be doing. So I'm very excited about that. And then I have a new business that's also launching in 2022 that I've been working on for over a year. It's just been oh, <laughs> absolutely insane. So proud of myself for following through with some things that have been monetarily a struggle, uh, like financially budgeting, all of that. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's been a great year been a hard year, but I think 2022, a lot of it will come to fruition. And I think that's what I'm excited for is to see all this hard work and tears coming to life. Um, yeah. and hopefully another baby that would definitely be. Yeah. A blessing. Oh, well, I can't wait to read your book. I'm so excited for <laughs> that. Yes. Oh my you. goodness. Um, what would you say is the best piece of advice somebody has given you in your life? Oh man, that's a good one. Um, you know, I actually think I have a note somewhere up here. I don't know where it's at. My dad, one time he, I was telling him how I was like really busy and overwhelmed with life and everything. And he said, I have literally have right here. He said, fill that time with your smile, knowing that through your smile, your heart will shine forever. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, especially in today's world, we don't see people's smiles (laughs) like literally. And (laughs) I think that I think for some reason, like I've always, I've always loved my smile. I've always loved that. I feel like it, like I was saying earlier, if, if it's, if it's not a genuine smile, I'm not going to be smiling. Like it has yeah. to be genuine. Um, so for me, I think that was just, my dad is somebody who he, I think he unknowingly is the reason why I have so many pressures on myself in life. Cause he's just so successful, but he's put in the work. So yeah. whether it's physically, whether it's in his career. And so I envy it. But instead of just envy it, envying it and learning from it, I have placed expectations on myself. It's been like that reverse daddy issue that he didn't do anything. It was just these yeah. things that I placed upon myself. So that just like, I think a lot of us, we forget to, who are you? Like when you smile, what do you feel? And from, so for me, that's just been something that I think right now with where I'm at with working on the mental side of my life, that's been a big, um, I love that. Yeah. So a little bit different. It's not, hasn't been like a nothing. I mean, I have like little quotes here and there, you know, but I think the biggest thing has been, um, I don't know, I'm enough and I have value to add. And I think mm-hmm. saying those statements is really hard. And so being able to believe in them, I think that's something like know that your smile is, is worth it and you're worth it. I think that's something that just can help no, oh, yeah, it's so true. And you are every, like, we all are worth it and we're enough. We just need little reminders in some type of way. So I love that quote. Yeah. 
That's yeah. so cool. Um, is there anything that you would like to finish up and say to the listeners one last thing about your story, a message to them that you would like for them to hear? Um, I think kind of what we just encompassing everything. Um, if you're struggling, I feel like that's fine. I think take the time. It's more than fine. Take the time to maybe acknowledge those struggles. Uh, don't suppress them. I always say, appreciate the hot mess, appreciate the struggle, embrace the struggle. I think that's mm-hmm. something that if you, you will come out of it. And I think that if you really do embrace the struggle, you'll learn and you'll grow from it as opposed to, oh my gosh, I can't wait till this feeling is gone. Mm-hmm. I get it, girl. <laughs> believe me, you cannot wait till those feelings are gone. But if you can embrace it, you'll learn from it and you'll learn more about yourself. Like literally I'm thankful for those moments because they've made my relationship better. They've made me more intentional with being a mom. Um, so I think overall, um, and I don't know exactly where your audience is at, but I think a lot of us as women, if you are somebody who's still, and I love fitness, like I'm, it is, you know, my mental and my physical, it's kind of like, I don't know where the chicken, like the chicken came before the egg, but (laughs) you know, lean into that physical journey. Fitness is so important. Movement is so important, but, um, allow it to be fueled for the right reasons. And that's going to be different for everybody else, but wanting to better yourself is fine. I think that's one thing that is hard in this industry also. And in this, uh, this world lately is you feel guilty if you do want to make a physical change, or if you do want to put forth goals Mm -hmm. in your health and fitness journey, that is, I think that's something that I, I kind of had this weird, like, okay, I'm no longer competing. So does that mean I can't try, I can't want to have a physical transformation yeah. or, you know, things like that. But yeah, I would say lean into movement, um, allow yourself to enjoy it. Don't worry about your favorite influencer and what they're doing and take some time to acknowledge your emotions and your hot mess and embrace it and appreciate it. And if you are feeling alone, I think that's where either reach out to somebody or, just know you're not alone. I don't know if it, that can, if you can find comfort in that, but for me, knowing I wasn't alone. And once people really started to talk about struggles, then you're like, Oh, but you're still happy. And I was like, yeah, yeah like you would, you know, you talk to somebody and you're like, wait, you're struggling, but you seem happy. And they're like, Oh yeah, I, I am happy. I'm just struggling over here. And Going I'm like, a Oh moment. yeah. And I think that, that to me is a huge thing is you can, you can still find happiness in the struggle. I love that. Oh, I love that. It's so true. And it like inspires everyone to like, just keep going mm-hmm. even during the dark times. Yep. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on here, for sharing your message and your story. Um, how can, where are you about, like, how can everyone find you and get in touch with you? What platforms and where at? So I think on everything it's at Carly and Dell. So whether it's, I'm usually on, like Instagram is definitely my main place. Uh, my website has everything, which is carlyandell.com. I'm on Pinterest. Um, just started TikTok last week. I'm going to try and dive into that. But like, I think what I like about it is you can answer people's questions in a video format, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and it's a lot less curated over there. So aesthetics do not matter, at yeah. least from like what I am trying to look at. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say Instagram. I love my stories. And then my podcast, if you are like, yeah. You know, hey, let's just dive into it. very similar to this conversation based. And um, yeah, so that's crazy over easy. Awesome. Yes. I'll put all the, all your links. I'll put them in the show notes so people can find you easily. Awesome. But thank you so much. Thank for you. Being here. Seriously. And thank you for your patience. Of course. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you got so much out of this conversation. I loved it. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with me and write an Apple iTunes review so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't following me already, you can find me on Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. I appreciate you so much and cannot wait to see you in the next episode. In the meantime, continue to shine bright and embrace your radiance.